0: Thanks for listening to Notably Texan. I'm Matt Minkie. This is 88.9 KETR and KETR.org. Today, it's my pleasure to bring you a music discovery out of Dallas who just released his debut solo album, but he's not a newbie to the Texas music scene with 10 years under his belt as the bass player for Dallas country garage rockers, Ottoman Turks. As a frontman on his own album, he's been able to showcase his talents as a storyteller and songwriter and put together a tale of self-discovery, if you will, through the 10-track concept LP Alone Somewhere. Now We've opted to have our discussion at a safe distance today out of an abundance of COVID-19 caution. My special guest checking in this afternoon is Dallas singer-songwriter Billy Law.
1: Ain't the, beer, the me call I just want someone May I be ho-
0: well, hey, I want to thank you so much for devoting some time to Notably Texan today, Billy. Uh, where do I find you? Are, are you over in Dallas? Yeah, so. uh, I'm born and raised East Dallas. I had a, a spat away from it, and then I moved back. So, yeah, I'm
2: in I'm in Dallas.
0: Oh, that's where I'm from, so I'm, I'm happy to, to catch back in uh, with the big D. Um, I, I want to delve into some of your songs uh, from the long-awaited album here in just a little bit. Uh, after we kind of learn a little bit about how you got to this point, if you don't mind uh, kind of talking a bit about that, I think you were born into a Dallas family that really encouraged you to pursue music, weren't you?
2: My mom was a jazz singer um, for for a long time, and, and then when she had kids, she kind of slowed down the gig life and started um, teaching more. So she's a choir teacher and a voice teacher and a music educator now. Um, cool. and My dad's always been a big appreciator of music and worked the, the club scene in Austin way back in the day, booking bands and uh, doing being a bouncer and, and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, Lots of appreciators of music in my
0: family, for sure. I'm always curious to know what kind of music influences you had when you were a young man.
2: Um, I mean, when I was younger, um,
0: my mom had taken a role as
2: a children's minister at a church. So I listened to a lot of church music growing up, and it was a church of Christ, so there were no instruments. So uh, we were singing a lot of acapella hymns um, way back in the day, and that's you know, a lot of my early recollections of music and in, in singing has to do with singing some of those old hymns, um, acapella. As I grew up and got a little bit more rebellious, I got into um, bands like Jimmy Eat World, which I still carry with me, and kind of like indie rock, and I guess you could call it emo bands. Um, but my dad, like I said, was also from Austin, so Outlaw Country, Willie Nelson, Waylon, and those guys were always on the scene, so it was just kind of a mix-up of all
0: all kinds of stuff nice i was gonna say i knew there had to be uh, kind of that uh that cnw influence in there somewhere based on what i've heard on the album so I, it's always interesting to know what people were kind of brought up on that brought them to uh, where they are today you know <laughs>
2: yeah for sure it's always just especially in texas there's just such a mixture there's such a collection of a really uh amazing musicians and it's uh there's a lot to touch on you know
0: yeah i mean that's that's kind of what i do on my show too is that uh, we're we're not defined by any genre barrier so we play all, all this different stuff and it is uh, that's what makes music so great to me is all these different sounds yeah absolutely i understand that you grew up in dallas as friends with uh, one of your current label mates at uh, state fair records right
2: yeah um i actually i grew up uh with Joshua Ray Walker, who's who's got um, quite a successful solo career going right now, and um, and I also play with him in Ottoman Turks. I play bass, and he plays lead guitar. And I met Nathan, the the lead singer of Turks, in uh, in high school, actually. So I've known Josh since we were wee lads kindergarten or so. Wow,
0: okay. Yeah. Well, small world, you never know uh, You know who who the famous people among you are going to be when you're all just normal folks, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. We grew up walking across uh, Buckner Boulevard to each other's houses.
0: <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad that you, you two are still so tight. Um, yeah. As far as uh, instruments, I think you, you kind of started out playing uh, uh, the piano as a kid, but the bass guitar ended up calling to you. What was it about the bass that, that kind of felt right for you?
2: My, Like I said, my mom was a music educator, so playing an instrument was a requirement, um, in my family. It was important. They thought it was important to our development. I'm, I'm glad they thought that, but piano wasn't really my thing. Uh, mostly cause I, I just didn't really like playing, um, classical music. <laughs> I wasn't really <laughs> interested in that. Like, like all teenagers, I wanted to play like rock music. So I was like, man, I should learn how to play guitar, drums or something. And, uh, and Joshua was, was playing guitar. He's like, why don't you play bass? I need a bass player. And it's only got four strings, so you can learn that one pretty quick. <laughs> okay. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll play bass. So I, I learned to pick that up. And yeah, and then down the road, every bass player eventually has to learn how to play guitar. Um, once <laughs> I kind of fell in love with really writing music playing guitar was kind of a necessity
0: but i mean there's always a need for the basis there you know the rhythm section is not always appreciated and i know that they kind of uh, sometimes are short-lived Too, you know a lot of bands um, <laughs> switch out the rhythm section a lot but it's an it's an integral part of of any band for sure
2: yeah for sure i mean in playing bass i still of course i love doing that um it's a different role and it's really it's really wonderful actually to To be able to fill that role as a bass player in the rhythm for Turks and then you know kind of be the lead guy in Billy Wall. you know I kind of get to uh I don't know relax have fun and really like groove um with Turks and kind of like really let the music envelop me whereas there's a little bit more work uh involved in uh trying to keep a a crowd in it and lead a band and remember all the words and play guitar at the same time. So there's just a, you know, they're both different things.
0: Yeah, that's really cool that you've kind of gotten to see uh, all sides of this, you know, from uh, from in the limelight to sort of uh, back behind it a little bit.
2: So Yeah, for sure.
0: Billy Law is our guest today on 88.9 KETR. You're listening to Notably Texan. Uh, you mentioned your early years uh, spent in Dallas. Uh, I think you and the gang in Ottoman Turks kind of made all made your way south for college. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, we all, well, three of us went down to um, A&M and, and studied there. And we had a house together. We called it Turks Mansion. Oh,
0: cool! <laughs>
2: so, um, yeah, we had a, it was a really fun time. And we probably should have uh, focused a little bit more on the music part of it. We were really into having fun. We were very good at that. Um, and and Joshua was was playing um, solo in Dallas a lot, so he he had the time to come down and, and play gigs every now and then in College Station. It was just a really great time and where we were really kind of um, finding ourselves and getting to um, you know know each other and be on our own for the first time, really. Right. It was a really, really special time for Turks, and it, it also was kind of uh, the first time where we had to kind of play in different formats. So that's really where Nathan's solo stuff and my solo stuff kind of started to happen more often. Is once we were in college, we are like, well, there's three of us, so maybe we can't do the whole band thing, but we'll do a solo thing here or there. And, um yeah, it was just a—it was fun time.
0: It's always unforgettable uh, times, you know, uh, those college years, of course. But uh, those, those are important formative years, and uh, you always you always remember those, hopefully fondly. So I'm glad that you too. Um, I understand that uh, that this album, Alone Somewhere, has been uh, many years in the making. Obviously, you know, you could probably talk an hour about uh, everything that's gone into uh, to, <laughs> to what's happened. But can you tell me a little bit about the process and these many kind of restarts that have happened along the way?
2: So I kind of, like I said, I kind of came to to playing guitar and writing songs a while after I had already been in a band and whatnot. And there always was a thought in the back of my mind of um, selecting songs for a certain concept album of, of kind of growing up and, and what that's like. And so that thought was always in the back of my head. Um, after college, I moved to Houston for a while and got a big kid job. And <laughs> I just, uh, man, I wanted to play music. So I said, it's time to make the album happen to make turks happen and i moved back to dallas and i just i couldn't really get a good feel for which songs would kind of be on the album and you know how i wanted it to sound and so we i mean we started and scrapped it three different times wow and yeah i mean it took like four years to really get the thing done once i um kind of connected with my now drummer uh, marshall pruitt who um recorded and mixed and um produced the whole album i was i felt real comfortable with him we had a good relationship kind of right off the bat and figured out what we were going to do on the record it still took us i mean a year just to track all the instruments so There was we were busy um i had a lot of turks gigs at the time so it was hard to just get into the studio and say all right we're going for 12 hours day. let's get this done so we were kind of doing some guerrilla recording sessions here and there whenever we could and we uh we finally finished tracking it actually the day before COVID lockdowns went into effect. So we um, went back and forth on the, you know, editing and and mixing and mastering the tracks via email for the next, I don't know, four or five months. Um, So that was all done virtually. Yeah. It's been been a long process. And and a lot of those, these songs go back uh, a long time. Some of of the voicemails and anything are both songs that I wrote a long time ago in college. Some of the first songs I'd ever written. Wow. So it, it spans a long length of time.
0: Yeah. Well, honestly, that's that's pretty cool though because it uh, it's more instead of just like a picture of one or two years of your life. Uh, I guess it's kind of encompassing a much greater part of your life all in one album.
2: Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the point. It was always the point of the record to have it really feel like it was over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. And so to be able to stretch the songs out and pick songs from so far back, it actually. Um, enhanced, I think what we were going for.
0: Absolutely. Well, I'd love to uh, spin a song from the record now. Um, what can you tell me about uh, this tune? I think this was maybe the first single. Uh, it's not right.
2: Yeah, it's not right. Um, one of the ones that I actually wrote um, a little bit later, later on. I had just moved back to Dallas from Houston. I went out with some of the guys in Turks and a couple of friends and. I just, I hadn't really been back in Dallas in a long time and I wasn't really acquainted with some of the new like dive bars and just the scene in general. So we went out all day in the afternoon and just did like a shot of beer at a bar and then move on to the next one. And we did that for like most of the day, just kind of to get a lay of the land and um, see what had changed and what happened in Dallas. And I, I got home, I was exhausted and I laid down on my bed, and I grabbed my guitar and just started playing and just kind of yelling <laughs> along with some random chord changes that I was just throwing together. And that song came together real quick, and I, I can't really quite explain it. but um, <laughs> The muse hits you, you know? You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when it works, it works. So if you're out there trying to write a song, go, go hit some dive bars during the day and... <laughs> lay down on your bed grab a guitar and see what happens
0: there you go you heard it direct from billy law himself yeah here's his song it's not right Uh, this is from the new album alone somewhere and more discussion coming up with our guest on 88.9 ketr that's notably texan Great new sounds coming out of Dallas on State Fair Records from his debut solo album. That was Billy Law, It's Not Right. And we're meeting and learning more about Billy Law today on 88.9 KETR. You mentioned uh, some of the guys already, but uh, tell me a little bit about your backing band. Are they called the Baby Boys, as I read?
2: They are, yeah. Um, I had been... It's really... (laughs) It's really hard to put a band together. For everyone out there listening, if you're if you're trying to put a band together that you can really count on, you're going to struggle. <laughs> um, but I managed to put together a great group of guys. Um, and uh, at our first show, it, we were real excited and been practicing. I was real proud of what we put together. And my wife was just kind of sitting all by herself at the bar. And my whole band went over there and was just like, oh, can I get you a drink? Do you need anything? Blah oh, i blah, checking in on her. <laughs> And after that, she started calling them all the Baby Boys. She was like, "They're the sweetest guys in the world." Oh wow! <laughs> so it just caught on, and it's grown to the point. I mean, at the album release show at Kessler, we had there were six of them up there with me. So it's almost like a little collective, and it's just uh, you know, however many people are are available that night to play, jump on, and I mean, they're all really, really stellar musicians, and that's that's a given. But they're they're really just fantastic people. That's why they're called the Baby Boys. Okay.
0: <laughs> So uh, did you want to, you know, kind of call out who all's in the band? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we have uh, drumming for us now, who also recorded and
2: produced the record, is Marshall Pruitt. And then on lead guitar, uh, David Forsyth on bass. Um, We have Richie Owen. And then uh, on keys, he actually used to be, he was our original drummer, but then he got busy and then came back to us as a keys player, uh, Michael Martin. And then um, Marco Pasterzi plays on guitar um, as well. And then a uh, pedal skill player is Marco Bartolome.
0: Nice. Well, uh, there you go. So now we know who the baby boys are. <laughs> and uh, the word is That's out right. that they're nice guys and good musicians. So <laughs> Yes, best. top tier. Your, your solo sound, of course, is a bit different from what we've heard in Ottoman Turks. It's a lot more kind of intimate and emotional at times, and it really feels like we're uh, getting a glimpse inside your thoughts, which makes sense the way you were describing how this, uh, you know, these songs have come over uh, many, many years. Have you, have you kind of enjoyed this uh, emotional and creative outlet of getting your songs out there so far? Yes, I mean it's
2: fantastic, and, and kind of really to to retouch on what I kind of already said in a different way is that it's just fun. It's fun playing with Turks, to uh, play the bass. Um, I just like get to be a part of it, have fun, and that's a party band and just kind of go wild on stage and anything goes. And with this project, I kind of get to focus my emotions and throw them out there. And it's a different, just a different thing. I I just feel, count myself very lucky that I get to do both of those things. And I think that um, having both of those releases allows both things to be um, even more special in their own way. And this project, uh, getting something out there. Um, and having the support of the Baby Boys, but also the Turks, been really supportive of the solo record, I uh, I don't take it for granted.
0: That's fantastic, man. Well, I'm glad that this, uh, this you know, finally uh, happened after all the the years you might have thought maybe this would never actually see the light of day, but... Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, a long time. It's a long time I thought that. I was reading something that, that said that uh, you would really like for people to kind of enjoy your debut album uh, in its entirety, you know, the way... Albums used to be made, you know, when we were growing up. You got an entire album, and you listen to it from the first to the last track. But these days, it's become such more uh, such a single-driven world, EPs, and all this. So, is that the way you like to listen to music growing up? As that whole album experience? Yes, for sure. Now, I didn't. Uh, I, I can't say that I really grew
2: up with with vinyl. No, I understand. At <laughs> least listening to it. But I mean, I, I came to that later in my life. I did grow up with CDs. I always listen to music that way. I wasn't, you know, I was never downloading just one song from a band. In fact, I wouldn't, you know, I didn't have any opinion on a band that I didn't listen to a whole album of. I'd I'd say it's a lost art just because the algorithms don't um, lend themselves to releasing full albums anymore. It's, you know, if you can just release a single every three weeks for the rest of your life, that's, that's how you guarantee um, success, but it's just not, I think if I did that, it would come across as insincere because it would be And albums are something that I'm always going to to put together. And I think I love that process of putting together songs that that connect to each other and and finding the right order for them. It's like putting together a set list for a live show and perhaps I'm biased. I think the songs work on their own, but I also think that they are all strengthened by what comes before and after them. Right. And it's a statement as a whole piece. So, you know, Albums are are really special to me. I know that's not how everyone likes to listen to it, and it was hard finding singles for this record. Yeah, like I, I wasn't thinking of like, oh, this will be a single, this will be a second single. It was just like, I guess we need to release some songs from this. Yeah. Hopefully people listen to the whole album and get the context.
0: Well, there you go. So hopefully, if you if you get a chance to listen to this album called uh, or, or tracks from Alone Somewhere, uh, hopefully you can you can listen to this uh, you know start to finish because that's how it was uh, designed to be heard, and a lot of people remember you know music being that way, but it's kind of a rare rare form these days. I notice you're hitting a lot of different uh, genres on the album kind of throwing back to those uh you know varied influences that you had growing up we heard that kind of indie rock sound on it's not right a little earlier but you also dive into more uh you know country infused sounds for lack of a better term on on other tracks uh like one that i picked uh, wake me up too anything you can yeah. tell me about that
2: that's that's just a story song you know and I, I don't like to i don't ever sit down and say i'm gonna write a country song or, or an indie rock song um, but obviously, there are a lot of different genres going into this record. The catch-all term for everything these days where people play real instruments is Americana. Right. I, mean, I think it fits that. Uh, Wake Me Up 2 has got some like blues guitar licks in it, even too. But we were just going for a, like a Sun Kill Moon, um, if you ever listen to them, um, kind of vibe where it just droned on, but it was pretty and, and the arrangement was lush. Yeah, when Dave Forsyth was playing those little licks on the guitar, it has got a little a little John Mayer in there even. So it's, it's a little all over the place, but I'm really, I don't know. I, I think it's fun to kind of pick out like, Oh wait, that sounds like this genre
0: and this genre all in one song.
2: The chorus is this, the verses are that and the bridge is even this.
0: Well, no, that's fantastic. And like I said, we're all about, uh, you know, eclectic sounds here. And, uh, I wasn't in any way trying to label this specifically as a country song, mind you. I just for the uh, for the layman, they might just hear some of the instrumentation and go, "Oh, well, yes, that's, that's sure. more of a country song," you know. Well, let's yeah. let's take a listen to uh, this cut from the new album "Alone Somewhere" by Billy Law. This is called "Wake Me Up 2, and we'll uh, come back and uh, wrap things up a little bit here with uh, with Billy Law, our special guest on Notably Texan.
1: the header to make up my
0: Billy Law is our guest on KETR. This is Notably Texan. And we just played his new song, Wake Me Up Too. Your album is out now on the uh, relatively new Dallas label, uh, State Fair Records. And uh, they've been really shining a, a great light on a ton of Texas talent lately. Uh, what drew you to State Fair? I think you were actually kind of already involved with them through uh, Ottoman Turks, right?
2: Yeah, I met those people um, through Ottoman Turks and and Ottoman Turks obviously on that label and Josh, uh, Joshua Ray Walker's on that label too. And I know him, Uh, but they're just, they're really good people over there. Uh, I trust them and they don't just support their artists on their roster. They're really there to support um, art in DFW and, and beyond even all of the bands on the roster. Uh, I love 40 Acre Mule Pedigo's, uh, Magic Pilsner. I did my release with Chris J. Norwood. Uh, the list goes on and on. I really respect and like all of the bands that are on the label. And the people that work on the label, too, are just fair uh, champions of the DFW scene. And I appreciated that. You know, they're not just in it for themselves. They're there to better everyone. And that when people do that in the scene, um, it shows. And uh, I think it's good quality.
0: Well, uh, you've uh, lived in uh, Dallas and, and Houston, as you were telling me. And uh, I would assume that uh, in your times in those two uh, metro cities, you've no doubt listened to some of their uh, their public radio offerings, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was hoping you could kind of give an off-the-cuff take on uh, on why you enjoy listener-supported radio and why people listening uh, should get behind it because we are also a public radio station here at KETR.
2: All, all things that are funded publicly... Um, allows more freedom for um, the people that are putting things out to, to cater to you and not to, um, I don't know, corporations or whatnot. And so, I mean, automatically, just by being a publicly funded thing, then they're trying to serve the people that are funding them. And when you're, I don't know, it just makes that like a more enjoyable experience for sure because I'm being catered to, they're not catering to someone else. And um, I always appreciate what y'all do um, in getting, especially local artists, um, a little bit more uh, time and ability to be seen um than
0: uh other stations are i really appreciate your comments on that and if <laughs> if uh you the listener uh, feel that this is important in your life and uh, you want to continue to hear from uh you know people who don't get attention on other stations people like billy law and the other artists that you discover here you can support us today at ketr.org i was going to ask you if you have a, uh, a particular favorite uh, cut on the new record uh, that's a wonderful <laughs> question.
2: Uh, you know, all of the songs are special to me in one way or the other. Of course, <laughs> uh, um, and it's hard for me hard for me to pick. Uh, I really was proud of the way uh, "I Don't Care" she ever comes home came out sonically. Uh, I, I think uh, that one's that one's real rich, and that's one that I uh, kept listening to when we were going through the editing process and, and wanted to make sure that that one was uh, as perfect as could
0: be. Okay, I know that's like uh, picking your favorite kid. Uh, that's impossible to do, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you uh, picking one for, for the sake of, of our little segment here today.
1: I don't care if she ever comes I don't love.
0: just released earlier this year on his debut solo album alone somewhere that's called i don't care if she ever comes home it's by billy law who's our special guest on 88.9 ketr and ketr.org you're listening to notably texan you know people don't know about this horrible runaround that you had on uh on getting lined up for this interview today so i just want to publicly <laughs> apologize to you for for all the all the screw ups that happened in getting the timing right on this all on my uh, behalf of course so i appreciate your patience man
2: <laughs> well no my, like uh, like i said earlier man that that's the way baseball goes sometimes so you know we get we made it happen,
0: and uh, i've i've had a blast well i have too man this is the uh, and i hate that things are like this also we were originally scheduled to do this in person i was really excited to have you in studio here with us and i just just kind of made the uh, the safety call because of the the growing COVID numbers that we should yeah, just which go I ahead. appreciate. Yeah, do this remotely. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm vaccinated, but yeah, as we see, so many people are getting you know struck with COVID. I just thought we'd play it safe, and hopefully next time, man, we will meet each other face to face.
2: Yes, hopefully uh, I'm vaccinated, and, and as soon as I get that booster, uh, perhaps we can see each other in person. Hopefully anyone. so,
0: we will make it happen for sure. And I, I do want to make sure that uh, people know about the uh, in store appearance. I think that you're doing. Uh, Uh, this weekend in DFW. Can you tell me about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll be um, doing an in-store performance at uh, Chief Records, which is um, in the Stockyards in Fort Worth. Um, It's a really cool um, record store. They've got beer there, so you can have a beer. Um, I will be playing in a duo format, so we'll be doing stripped-down versions of songs off the record and I, I hope that if you're listening you'll come through it's at noon at chief records and uh i'd love to say hi and is that on chat. saturday
0: be on saturday yep okay yeah i just wanted to clarify uh september 11th i imagine uh, there's some information online about this out there where, where can people uh find your music and your album and maybe if they need to look up the info about that uh, appearance um two two best
2: places to to look are to find me on facebook and instagram um If you'll just type in at A-Billy Law, A-B-I-L-L-Y-L-A-W, you will find me. Um, In my Instagram bio, there is a link that will take you to all of the links, um, take you to uh, my vinyl store, to Spotify, music videos, articles, all kinds of stuff. Um, And the Chief Records information is on that as well. You can also, um, as I like to say, if you want to get into the deep dark recesses of my mind and me (laughs) shouting into the voids you can follow me on twitter at abilly law as well um but yeah those are those are the best places to find me
0: cool and obviously the album will be available at that in-store appearance if somebody wanted to to find that online i'm sure it's out there
2: yes it is um at the state fair records merch store it is in limited edition random color vinyl uh, made by hand pressing it is really cool um, really, really cool.
0: This has uh, really been a treat uh, getting to know you over the phone. And like I said, let's let's make it happen uh, face-to-face next time uh, when it's safe.
2: Okay, sounds good to me. Uh, thanks so much for having me, Matt.
0: Oh, listen, the pleasure's been all mine, Billy Law, and really looking forward to what the future brings for your newfound solo career. And I'd like to play one more cut from the new record to help you on down the tracks, Billy. Here's Locomotive Mind on Notably Texan. Thanks, Matt. Hey!
1: Railroad line Take me somewhere I can lose my mind I do.
0: We'd like to say a big thanks again to Billy Law for devoting all that time to talk with us here today on Notably Texan. You've been hearing tracks from his new album Alone Somewhere, which is out now on State Fair Records. And just some quick acknowledgement to Jeff Ryan, who helped line up and facilitate this interview and who was also equally patient with me through a little bit of a timing mishap on my part. Do us a favor, if you appreciate learning about new artists like this and hearing these in-depth interviews and all these tracks from their new records, support what we do by clicking donate at KETR.org. Keep the music alive here on Notably Texans.